voyage of the Page Turner. Episode 3, Space and Beyond. Well, well, well. Hello, Voyager. You're looking well. Welcome to Voyager the Page Turner, the choose-your-own page-turning show with me, comedian Colin Lego. So, this is the podcast where each week, me and a comedian guest review an original multiple-choice adventure book from the 1980s by going through the book, playing through the adventure, having some fun, making some questionable choices along the way, and basically having some 1980s reminiscence as we do it. So last week was the official launch of Voyage of the Page Turner. Very exciting. Two episodes straight out into your ears just to give you an idea of what the podcast is about. And here we are, episode three. Welcome back if this is your third time listening. And hello if you're new to it. Oh, do come in, take your shoes off, make yourself at home. So since we launched last week, loads of people have been in touch. Love that. Do get in touch if you can with the show. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at Page Turner Show. That is at Page Turner Show. Or you can send me a little email. Tell us what you think of the podcast, which is Voyage of the Page Turner at gmail.com. But people have been in touch already on Twitter. People are loving the show on Twitter. Andy Thomas on Twitter says, Really enjoyed this podcast from Colin Lego. Episode two featuring my bro, Rob Thomas. Ah, the brother of Rob Thomas, you say? Yes, Rob Thomas is a brilliant comedian and he was my guest in episode episode 2 when he journeyed under the sea very exciting city center ministries in manchester have been on twitter and they say this is so entertaining in such a weird way <laughs> I think that's a compliment. They go on to say it pulls you in so much that you have to wait for the outcome. Yeah, just like any classic storytelling. And comedian Ian Bowden has been on Twitter as well, and he says he enjoys it, especially the dodgy accents. I mean, Ian, I don't know what you're talking about. Welcome to the country. <laughs> but I have some bad news. It's Gollum. So, you have found your way <laughs> I don't know what voice I've got this time, Rob. Sorry. So, You're not sure if it's the same voice as the one we heard earlier or not. That's the problem. Uh, okay, uh, uh, that's true. Okay, I'll make him a different, bit different. So, you have found oh. your way here after all. Put your mind at rest. I won't hurt you. The king's booming voice. <laughs> oh. I won't hurt you. The king's authoritative, <laughs> booming, masculine voice. <laughs> okay, there has been some dodgy accents coming out of my mouth, and there will continue to be so, so strap on in. So just like these lovely people, do get in touch. I love to hear from you. Who's out there listening? I would love to know. At Page Turner Show on Twitter and Instagram. And like I said, the email is voyageofthepageturner at gmail.com. And if you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, leave us a little rating. I'd love to know who's out there. That would be brilliant. So we're on to episode three, and this week we're going to space or oh, love a bit of space i've always loved space when i was a kid i was fascinated with the order of the planets i can name all the planets by the way i can name all of them i don't mean all the planets i can name the ones which are pretty close to us mercury venus earth mars jupiter saturn uranus neptune <laughs> there you go 
But I haven't done that for ages. I didn't even have to think about it. It just came out of my face. And obviously, is Pluto a planet or is it not? Is it a dwarf planet? I don't know. The discussions rage on. When I realised that episode three would be going into space, I put a thing on Twitter last week, basically trying to link up episode one and episode three. Because in episode one, we were looking for a Yeti. And in this, we're going into space. So I put a thing on Twitter saying, would you rather stumble across a Yeti or stumble across an alien? It's a very strange who would you rather, isn't it? I don't mean it like that. So yeah, if you had to meet one, would it be a Yeti or an alien? And what would you say or do or what would you ask them? And at Swordfish, uh, that's at Swordfish, that's not me saying Swordfish wrong, it's just at Swordfish, they say, oh, I think a Yeti might try and give him some butter tea and ask him if he's lonely. Ah, oh. now the idea of a lonely Yeti walking around, stumbling around, crying around the Arctic tundra with a little frozen lonely tear rolling down his furry face actually makes me quite sad. So uh, yeah, thanks for that. But yeah, back to space. I think we were all obsessed with space when we were younger, back in the 80s and 90s, definitely, because we didn't know much about space. We hadn't been there. Like We, we went to the moon in the 60s. Yeah, fair enough. We did that. We hadn't been to Mars yet. We hadn't put any rovers on Mars. We hadn't looked around the outside of Jupiter or whatever. We just didn't know. Our only reference for space back then were things like Star Wars and Doctor Who, which are obviously all very factually correct. Now, I wasn't a big fan of Doctor Who when I was a kid, but I must admit, every week when it was on, I'd grab all five cushions off the very solid 1980 sofa we had, Bright Orange, thanks for asking, and I'd build a TARDIS, <laughs> and I'd watch Doctor Who from inside five cushions. Yeah, bit of a lonely childhood by the sounds of it. And obviously when we were kids, all the sweets, and I mean all the sweets, were influenced by space. Uh, Mars, Milky Way, Stardust, uh, flying saucers, which were basically burn your face acid in some kind of edible paper. Didn't do us any harm though, did it? <laughs> and that leads me on nicely to this week's guest, who is a self-proclaimed sweetaholic back in the 80s. But more importantly though, she is one of the UK's top comedy improvisers. So making decisions and taking calculated risks is kind of her bread and butter. So very exciting. And let's see how we do as we go into episode three of this Voyage of the Page Turner. Pippa Evans is an award-winning musical performer, songwriter and improviser. As a core member of the Olivier award-winning showstopper, The Improvised Musical, Pippa has performed on tour across the UK and internationally, and has enjoyed several West End residencies. She is willing to take a risk on stage, but maybe today's journey is one risk too many. Welcome, Pippa, to your voyage of the page-turner. Pippa, welcome to... Voyage of the Page Turner. Are you excited to be the Voyager on today's show? I'm beyond excited, Colin. Mm. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Are you an adventurous person? Well, I suppose it depends on your definition of adventure, doesn't it? Mm. I suppose I'm adventurous in the mind. <laughs> <'Cause> I... <laughs> so I do a lot of imagined adventures. Yes. And I love thinking and, and I love, um, yeah, exploring things. Mm thoughts and theories. I was about to ask a very experienced improviser if they love taking risks, but that is essentially what your job is as an improviser. Yes, as an improviser, my job is to stand in front of 
you know, seven to 800 people and say whatever comes into my head. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. <laughs> but although I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding that improvisers are massive risk takers. Actually, the, actually, we're just very good at assessing risks. I think that's what we're actually <laughs> health and safety uh, dreams because we can we 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 understand risk, so we kind of mm. can know when 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 is it really dangerous and when is it actually just going to be really exciting. Mm. Oh well, uh, as far as these books go, because um, you said uh, earlier on when I was speaking to you off air that you are a fan of these choose your own adventure books. Are they something that was in your childhood? Oh yeah, yeah. So when yeah. I was at Fielding Primary School in in mm. uh, in uh, Northfields, London, um, my um, the little library had a selection of the, but there was only maybe four or five, and they mm. were it was when they were new and exciting. So I used to sort of always run and try and get them. But I was a bit of a cheater, so I would look up. I'd look at the options, I'd look them up, and then I would assess which one I wanted to do. See, health and safety. <laughs> I was a big into my assessments at the age of eight. Yeah, that's is that health and safety or is that just cheating? I suppose it is, but also it is in a. I mean, health and safety is going. Okay, well, this could happen. Mm. What would be the result of that? Well, okay, mm. well that doesn't sound great. What could happen? You know, so if you stand on the ladder and your feet are covered in oil, you're going to fall. Okay, so uh, so the same thing. It is health and safety. You're appraising mm. the options, but then maybe it is also cheating because you just don't want to die. Yeah, that's true. And in these books, as I found out during a, doing a few of these episodes now, death is an option. <laughs> like, like <laughs> when we go through this, you are the decision maker, and your choice. I mean, sometimes you you can die within the first ten or fifteen minutes, or you might have a very successful adventure with lots of riches at the end. So. It, it's it's very much all or nothing. I suppose it is in then in many ways introducing eight to ten year olds into the concept that death can appear at any moment, and so thus we must grasp life with both hands. <laughs> mm. I'm asking all my voyagers as well um, during this show if they had some snacks they had to bring with them as an as an eight year old Pippa. What would if you're going on an adventure into the woods or to the park or to a treehouse? What would your nineteen 80s stroke 90s snackage be this is a great question for me colin mm. because i was quite a chubby child and had all the sweet food <laughs> all um, the snacks. and all i the had a, i had a drawer in my room where i hid snacks that i bought and wow. sweets and things i would definitely go like classics sherbet lemons cola cubes <gasps> um yes. chocolate covered raisins probably a bag of frazzles quavers <laughs> Tuck mm. cheese sandwiches, tuck biscuit cheese sandwiches, still a firm favourite, uh, hard to come by, and they taste a little bit like sick, um, so I don't know why I like you, them. You do, that's true. Um, I'm thinking of Mr. Tom, is it Mr. Tom, the peanut? Not brittle. Not brittle, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then the middle class version of Mr. Tom's nut brittle is uh, sesame snap. Oh yeah, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we don't have treats, we just have sesame snaps in our house. <laughs> <laughs> wow so you're bringing a whole snack sack with you with everything oh, sack. <laughs> <laughs> i mean you cut me off there's more <laughs> <laughs> you need a suitcase on this adventure <laughs> <laughs> caramac i need a caramac <laughs> uh... well embrace your eight-year-old self and we are going to travel to space uh, in this episode three of voyage of the page turner
Episode 3, Space and Beyond. Your parents are top scientists on a top secret mission in the dangerous part of deep space. You were born aboard the research vessel and call it home. The time has come for you to select your planet of origin. You must choose quickly as you rocket through space. You could be help on either planet as both face new challenges and a dark pass. Whichever path you take, you are bound to encounter galactic dangers like black holes, meteor showers, radiation exposure, and even supernovas. The unknown can hold promise, and the potential for demise. You will travel through time, but be careful. You might end up stuck in a void where time no longer exists. And neither do you. Well, that's so, interesting that if time doesn't exist, I don't exist. I'm quite interested in that concept. Can we talk about yeah, that for Yes. Uh, well, uh, who knows what happens in space? Um, maybe Tim Peake never existed because time it, didn't exist. Or maybe time came into existence just so Tim Peake could. Maybe. maybe he's God. Maybe he's called Time Peak. We just misspelt it. My first question, really, Pippa, it's not a choice, yes, but yes. how do you feel about being born on a space shuttle? I have questions about literally the delivery of me. Was it a oh. cesarean? How's mm. gravity working? Gravity's not helping Mark oh. push me out, eh? Gosh. So some questions there around yeah. the logistics of the birth. <laughs> I've never been present at a birth, but I'm going to say there'll be lots of things which in zero gravity you wouldn't want floating around, right? I think that's a really um, <laughs> great observation, Colin. Mm, mm. Um, a lot of things you don't want to play around. So that, that's just that was my first thought that went there. And um, mm. more than I, I feel like there's there's already quite a lot of danger going on. So I'm already feeling quite tense as we're mm. hurtling. The word hurtle was used. Yeah, and and you are gonna in this hurtling, you are gonna have to make a big decision soon about which planet you choose from where you are going to be a resident. Okay, let's get into it. Page one. Here we go. You are born on a spaceship traveling between galaxies on a dangerous research mission. Your parents are not from the same galaxy, but both have features common to those found on the planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy. Because you have been born in deep space, you must choose the galaxy and planet of your citizenship. The spaceship is traveling at 62 times the speed of light. So that, that is hurtling. I think the technical term is hurtling, isn't it? That is not a trot. Nope. You reach the Earth age of 18 years old in just three days and two hours. Now you must choose the planet Kanda in the galaxy of Pintum or the planet Croyd in the galaxy of Umpos. Kenda is three times the size of the planet Earth. The star that provides some of its life-giving force is huge but ancient. There is a fear that it's losing its force. Croyd in a galaxy Umpos, far distant from the Milky Way galaxy. This galaxy has black holes and supernova stars. It has always been regarded as an uncertain region by observers and spacecraft crew. So here's your choice, Pippa. Do you choose to be a resident of Kenda as your birth planet, or do you, on the other hand, choose Croyd? Hmm. There's some problems with Croyd. I mean, just that it sounds yeah. like Croydon. Croydon. Uh, and I wonder if that was the inspiration. Mm. No one really wants to go to Croydon. Please don't at me. Uh, and the, <laughs> but, but it is in the um, place of Umpa. Yeah, Umpos. Uh, right? Umpos, yeah. Umpos, mm. uh, which makes me think of the Umpa Lumpers, mm. uh, who are great guys. And what do they make? Chocolate. Hello. Oh, yeah. So um, I feel like I want to go to Croyd. Croyd. 
Croyd, what a name. You can't resist this planet and its unknown past. When the mission commander mentioned the hope of a bright future, you decide that you must go there. It turns out that it is home to your mother. She embraces you, wishes you luck, and gives you a small metal object on a chain. Perhaps this will help you, she says. Just as you're about to... So I should do a voice for that, shouldn't I, really? Okay, you I'll should have done a voice. Perhaps it will help you. <laughs> she, she sounds says. just like my mum. Yeah. Just as you are about to go into the final briefing, a young member of the flight crew rushes past you and says, let me go with you. You will need my help. You don't know him that well, but you have always found him warm and helpful. His name is Marma. His broad smile makes you feel happy about the adventures that lie ahead. Of course he can come. Here are your choices, Pippa. You can delay your departure to study at the Space Academy, or you can just dash off to Croyd. Are you going to be reckless and just go for it? Or are you going to do some research for a bit? Now, this, this again comes into what is, what is the morality of the book? Mm. So is this mm. book, which is written for eight to ten-year-olds, trying mm. to tell eight to ten-year-olds, do your studies? <laughs> or is it telling them, hey, man, just go live your life. Do whatever you want. Um, what, is what, what, Mama is yeah. Mama the warm smiled stranger? Yeah. <laughs> but what is this book telling eight year olds about going off with warm smiled strangers? <laughs> it's okay, I don't know him, but he's got a warm smile and it makes me feel safe. Well, apparently, um, he, he's been helpful in the past. It says you found him warm and helpful. So I don't know yeah. if you were trapped someone without a radiator and he just provided some warmth <laughs> at some point. So he's not written in those options, right? He's not. No, I think get to hang out with him. I think whatever you do, um, you're going to be end up with Marma, but whether it's going to be as a co-student or whether you're just dashing off to Croyd. What will you do, Voyager? Well, um, I'd say as someone who is interested in learning and loves, I love learning new things, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to go space school. Um, oh, does it say, do I have to take out a loan or are they, <laughs> are they paying for it? Is it... Is this, is this well i suppose if it was written in the 80s then uh, there was still grants so i can get a grant you'll be fine you'll be fine yeah you can just get a grant right. you'll be fine yeah right. hesitating you ask what the types of instruction you will be given so far you have learned flight procedures navigation languages weapons and planning it is a good idea to get as much information as possible but you ask the head of research how you will know when you have learned enough Self-knowledge. It's everything you have learned now and in the past. Spend some time now, then go. All right, you say. I'll do as you suggest. But how long will it take? You may either attend Space Academy courses on board, or you may study with me, he says. It's basically the same choice, Pippa. Here's your choices. You can decide to attend the Space Academy with him, or you can choose to explore the knowledge within yourself. <laughs> so you can choose this to This is so weird. Who wrote this book? Young or Freud or someone like that? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. You can choose um, to explore the knowledge within yourself or you can attend the Space Academy. No, I think, I don't know why it's asking me to, I want to go to the Space Academy. It makes much more sense. You're okay. right. He's absolutely right. But self-knowledge cannot be explored um, without, um, without some sort of grasp of other knowledge. So some kind of actual knowledge. Yeah. You need to have a platform to to explore the self. Like a like a basis, like a foundation. A foundation. Yes, a foundation of knowledge. School can be boring, but then it might be just the thing for the flight. 
the space research vessel is so huge and so advanced that you didn't actually realize that there would be a division of Space Academy on board. During your interview with the head of the Academy, he says, well, you choose either join command school and become a captain of the ship or go ahead and concentrate on research. We believe you can make it to the top in either category. What do you think? So another choice about education here, Pippa, I'm so sorry. Um, we'll get into space in a minute. You can choose to do the command school or you can choose to do the research program. What do yes. you want? Be in charge or actually find out some actual stuff. So this is a great question for someone who went to a, a private girls school because mm. they were obsessed with being leaders and, uh, and um, you know, you must be at the top. Mm. And that's the only way you can be successful. So, and, and also this was written in the 80s again. So that might be something that to consider that, that in, in the 80s, you only being the head of something is, uh, you know, is good. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like actually having that wealth of knowledge is going to be far more useful oh. um, than going straight to, how can you go straight to captain? You need to go through knowledge to become the captain. True, true. So you, you're going to go for the research. I'm going to research. You're Thank you research. very much. Again, we're coming back to the platform so that I can explore the self. I'm sure I would have had these exact same thoughts at the age of eight. I mean, as an eight-year-old, I'll be like, can we not just go and look at space now? I mean, I just... Also, while, while, um, while we do this, I'm just going to unwrap one of my hubba bubbles. Uh, <laughs> what flavour? What flavour? That weird bubblegum flavour that it was. <laughs> just nom, nom, nom. And then, and then do you know what I'm going to do, Colin? I'm yeah. going to swallow it, and I'm not going to worry about it wrapping around my insides. <laughs> Let's find out if the research was the right decision to make. What is research about? You have heard nothing but research, research, and more research, Pippa, from everyone on the space station. It seems to you that research is just another name for messing about with whatever interests you. You'll give it a try, though. That is such a terrible thing. I'm hoping that there's a twist in this chapter because we can't be telling eight-year-olds that research is just messing about. And also, surely, as an improviser, that's exactly what you want to be doing, messing about with whatever interests you. Yeah. That is exactly my life. Murmur has chosen to remain with you. He is a good companion. After intense work, the research team decides to split into two teams. Team A will head to the planet Cynthia. Cynthia! Cynthia! To, to view the current revolt. Team B will join a mission to explore the revolt on Mars that happened 62 million years ago. Decision time, Voyager. Now, you could choose to be on Team A and visit the revolt on Cynthia, or you could go to Mars. What are you going to choose, Pippa? So one is to go to a uh, existing revolt and one is to go and study a past revolt, is that right? Yeah, so the current revolt on Cynthia seems to be still going on, poor Cynthia. And, and on Mars, it happened 62 million years ago. So uh, it's, you're going to see the effects of that. And mm. that's a very interesting question, is it? Am I a researcher who is looking to look to more past or have I now got the knowledge that I want to go and be useful within yes. uh, an in conflict am i the red cross or am i the natural history museum mm. um uh i think i'm going to go to the revolt swirling clouds dense with moisture much heavier than water covers the planet of cynthia your spacecraft 
penetrates these clouds and bursts out onto the landscape of rich vegetation. No towns or cities are visible as the craft flies over the empty landscape. Where are all the people? Where is the revolt? You land with your advance party and find the atmosphere almost unacceptable in this biosystem. You need only a small amount of assistance from your life support pack. Hmm. Murmur accompanies you. Did you see that? I should probably give him a voice. Let's say he's actually from Croydon. Did you see that? What? What did you see? Only a shadow. A shadow moving quickly, as though it were following us. I'm not sure where he's from, actually. Then a short blast on a horn-like device stops you in your tracks. You are surrounded by flickering shapes, living creatures that blend and twist like shadows. You can't tell what they are. Peace or war, you... That's their voice, by the way. Peace and war, you. Are you a leader or just a follower? It's the shadow people speaking. Peace, of course. In our world, we don't believe in war. They all say that. But then wars rage through the entire universe. What are you people doing, you ask? Why do you need our help? We are fighting the forces of light. Who are our enemies? We are the shadows. You don't know whether to believe them or not. But there is no choice. You must go with them. They take you to their headquarters. There they explain how the forces of light have attempted to wipe out the shadow people by creating a world where no shadow exists and light comes from all directions. The light people will not allow the mix of light and dark that colours life. So, Pippa, here's your choices. If you and Murmur want to join the forces and help fight on the land, you can do that. Or you can sign up with the rocket ship crew. Again, an interesting moral dilemma for an eight-year-old. Um, I'm just going to eat some sherbet pips while I consider this one. Um, so I'm already intrigued by the fact that we would say we don't believe in war because that, mm. as a, that would be a frustrating phrase to hear when you're in the middle of war and someone says, I don't believe in war. You're like, who's this chick? Well, yeah, it's happening. Like, it's happening. You're literally standing in it. You're in our war. Mm. Um, I feel like they're asking for help and so, I have knowledge. Mm. Oh. So I should stay and help them because wow. there's a whole group of people being told that they're not allowed to exist. Mm. The light and dark. So I'm, I'm transferring from the Natural History Museum to the Red Cross now. So I'm now part of the Red Cross. Murmur convinces you to join up with the land forces in defence against the light people. You and Murmur are put in command of a group of 14 shadow battalions. You build a system of walls to block the light sources. The tension builds as the light people send messages demanding surrender from the shadow forces. The council is held and you and Murmur are invited to attend. Shall we attack them or shall we retreat? You can't possibly defend yourself against them, the apparent leader asks. You and Murmur confer with the shadow forces. Now, big choice here, Pippa. Do you attack or do you retreat? I mean, it's a shame there's not a third option where we... um put on some improv exercises to explore yeah. how we're all feeling in this moment yeah. um but um sadly that it's not there so we're gonna have to i don't like the idea of fighting because but then if if these people are being told to retreat and also the use of the word apparent the apparent leader mm. i mean it sounds sounds yeah. fish something fishy is going on isn't it if we retreat mm. we're not helping so we're gonna fight 
We're going, gonna, we're going to fight, Colin. You're going to attack. You're going to attack. Planet Cynthia is a battlefield. Smoke hangs over the cities. Wreckage clutters the land. Your group attacks with laser weapons. Wow. But the enemy... Love lasers. I love a laser. Um, but the enemy forces seem too strong to hold off. Your troops are taking heavy losses. Everything is in a shambles. Now, Pepper, here's your choice. You could choose to hold off the enemy until you escape, or you could just give up. <laughs> wow. What a choice. So wow. you can hold off the enemy until you can escape. Or you can just give up. Well, who gives up? No one gives up in this moment. There's, there's not I, a choice. I can't um, help you in this, but I, I, you would never give up, would you, Pippa? I'm, no, I'm going to use lasers and I'm going to eat strawberry laces. During a lull in the battle, your group escapes to some remote hills. The energy of the lasers, the spacecraft, the communication systems mysteriously vanishes. There is only your own energy. Weapons are useless. Radios and transports are just pieces of metal and plastic. They are not working either. To survive now, you will have to hunt for food and support each other. The end. Is that the end of the story? That is the end of the story, Pippa. All I'll say is, from the front of the book, which obviously we can't see because it's a, an audio medium and not <laughs> not a visual one, but there is a dinosaur looking at your spaceship. We didn't meet any dinosaurs. No. Uh, no, I think it's a shame that we didn't meet any particular sort of crazy aliens, but you got a nice friendship out of it, and I think that's maybe more exciting than adventure. Ah. Uh. Mm. and also what I liked about it was the shadow people and the light people and it felt like you know shadows are often um, seen in stories as the negative so I like that this story turned it around that the shadows were actually the ones being who were suffering rather than um, bringing the darkness Mm. Um, so so I liked I like that sort of challenge challenge to the eight-year-old to see darkness as something that needs to be saved rather than to be avoided Mm. Mm. Mm, that's mm. nice well thank you for joining me Pippa I think we learned a lot about you as a person we, lot about, we learned a, much more about your 1980 stroke 90 snacking habits which um, yes. you know which I think for any story would have been a winner um, would you ever share any of your sweets with Murmur that's the thing do you remember you used to be able to buy Mr. Kipling apple pies in twos, like, like a little snack one I remember, I remember that, I had no. a friend I had a friend called Woody and and um, it was the first time I ever thought maybe I eat too many snacks was I brought out these apple pies and he just sort of looked at me like, who carries apple pies with them? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it would take time for me to trust Merma not to judge my uh, sugar habit. Mm. But also if I've got this suitcase of sweets, that means we already have a food source. So that's exciting yes. as well, isn't it? So we're, yeah. we're not in danger too much. Obviously it's not a great healthy but, you know, mm. at that time, sugar will be very helpful. So I'm glad for that suitcase. Yeah, I mean, and some of those have got so many E numbers in them, they will last as well. Like a, a packet of Tangy Tom crisps, I reckon, mm. could outlive most people. I reckon. They yes. So, yes. Oh, no, those were so good. Those box, those one, they were always in like a cardboard box in the newsagent. And, yeah. and they, still, I mean, they still exist, but they're much more expensive, like Space Raiders. Space they were Raiders. 10, 5p or 10p. And now yeah. I think they're 20. I think oh. they're 20p now. Yeah. 
I mean, crazy, crazy times. So let me just remind anyone listening that they can get in touch with the show. Uh, we are on Twitter, which is Page Turner Show. That's at Page Turner Show. Just get in touch. Tell me or Pippa what your favourite snackage is from the 1990s. Or if you want to email, tell us about how you did in the story, whether you got bored in the Space Academy and wanted more aliens. Uh, you can email as well. We are Voyage of the Page Turner at gmail.com. Um, Pippa, lovely to have you on our mission. I'm sorry that the, I think that that book, if we're going to talk about the book for a minute, it was a way more academic than actual fighting aliens, don't you think? Yeah, it was very philosophical and not, um, yeah, not, not particularly exciting choices for a kid to make, I don't mm. think. Mm. More, you know, I would have preferred like, are you going to take the rocket ship yeah. or are you going to take the pod machine and then you go in the pod and you're, but you're by yourself and then, you know, a bit like that Sandra Bullock film, you know, and then, uh, and then you're like, oh yeah. And then something's like sucks onto the side and you have to decide whether to let it in or not. And uh, things like that, you get messages and you've translated it, but you're not sure if it's kadosh or if it's kajink language. So uh, which one are you going to translate it? from because I have the same alphabet and then you get the wrong message things like that, that was really this was more like are you going to do your dissertation or are you going to concentrate on your space coursework <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 are you going to go on the um, accelerator leadership program or are you going to uh, be a researcher for the government oh wow what a cool choice to make at eight years old mm, thank you let me just um, chew on this wham bar and think <laughs> um pippa when we're not in space where can people find out more about you and the brilliant work you do with showstoppers and your other projects where can they find you in internet world oh well colin uh, they can find me on most of the social media things at i am pippa evans um, but if they want uh, if they want to know more about making great choices in life they could read my book improv your life uh, which comes out on, in february 2021 but can be pre-ordered and now oh lovely and we will put links for that very lovely purchase which they should make in all the descriptions um pippa the last thing that we need to do then is work out exactly what we're chewing on or eating on as we walk off into the sunset mine is a bag of frazzles what have you got in your mouth a curly whirly <laughs> all of it in one <laughs> in just one. shoved it in ah, like a ladder disappearing into an attic Voyage of the Page Turner featured the books of author R.A. Montgomery, hosted by Colin Lego, featuring special guest Pippa Evans, voiceover by Sam Thomas, produced by Colin Lego. Special thanks to Ant McGinley. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely. Choose wisely.